Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. Other podcasts are available through our website, brumradio.com. Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. I am back. Boo! It's only two it's weeks away. I two thought, weeks away. I thought we locked the studio door. Two uh, weeks away, you tried to steal my show. I mean... I think we did a pretty good job of it, to be honest. Shocking behaviour. I mean, shocking behaviour. To be fair, Ryan, if we wanted to steal the show, we would, and you'd certainly know about it. That would have been two and a half years ago. You're too late now. I mean, <laughs> Geeky Brummy... No, it doesn't sound right. Okay, Geeky Brummy with Keith Ellis. <laughs> that sounds worse. Sometimes. Have you just Kellis. played to listen to one person? Geeky Brummy with Kellis. Geeky Brummy with Kellis. Now, oh, I would listen to that show. <laughs> Joining me today, Mr. Guy Halford. Welcome back. Welcome back. I ain't going anywhere. You can go anywhere. You went everywhere. You, you're the one that's not been here. You're around mine, so we're recording this at live at Parish Towers. <laughs> and that's Mr. <laughs> Philip Ellis, who's stolen Canon Danes' shorts for the day. It is 30 degrees outside. What am I meant to be wearing? A burqa? <laughs> not Canon Danes' shorts? Canon Danes does not have the monopoly on denim shorts. I think you'll find, if you take to the streets of Birmingham, you'll see quite a few people wearing denim shorts, thank you very much, and I will not be shamed. Canon Danes started off a fashion trend. At least I've got the legs for it. I'm wearing full-length jeans. It's Mr. Keith Bluefield. Yeah, no change in my attire, regardless of the season. <laughs> Cast Tobias, never nude. <laughs> I think Phil wears them better. <laughs> wears them better than Callum. Oh, I'm afraid Phil just blew himself. Can we move on, please? We're all grown-ups here, and we're, I'm, I'm very busy. Right, so what have you lot been up to since I've been away? Uh, showing you how to do a radio show. Yes, yes. <laughs> Keith... Do you want to start us off? What have you been up to this week? I have, this week, been mostly <laughs> eating yogurt. No, not really. Um, do, the usual, I, I don't, whether I go first or whether I go last, I always sound like the most boring well, man on earth. you that you always follow I Phil know. Phil has got, like, the lifestyle. Phil will have done something exciting. I've filled my house with junk and emptied some junk out and... Uh, yeah, not done anything exciting. I've met no celebrities. Do you remember last week when all um, these pairs stepped on and son? It seems like it's actually happened. <laughs> yeah, I know which one I am. <laughs> Albert! Albert, what are you doing? Sh- are you washing up in the shower? No, it's, it's like stepped on and son meets some mothers do have them. Because I feel like I'm more of a Frank Spencer. <laughs> have you cleaned the horse's shoes yet? It's actually more like Friday night dinner. <laughs> and Keith Smart Keeps character. Right. Oh, would, you be, would you be the dad? That's actually the, no, Keith. Do you be know the what? Dad. You're just getting nasty now. Yeah, I've been away, and you tried to steal my show. I'm allowed to be nasty again. See, why can't we be spaced? Why can't I be Tim or Mike? Why can't I, we be somebody cool? I actually am a bit of a Daisy. Meet such close circle. <laughs> I mean, I think you'd be the landlord in space. <laughs> what?
red wine and cigarettes. Just, just because I like to, you know, I've got red wine lips all the time and I like to chain smoke does not make me Marsha. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, anybody who's comparing themselves to Tim and Daisy, yeah. like, you're lame. You're late. What? You're late with the reference. You're so 2000 and late with that reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with that hot take. <laughs> Even Black Books would be a closer reference to the Times Girl of Rubbish reference. Oh, yeah, I could be Bernard. That's fine. I don't mind being Bernard. I can imagine that would be Phil if Phil owned a bookshop. Absolutely. That was like a dream of mine at one point. Yes. Yeah. What about a chocolate shop? No. Well, that's it. <laughs> In Matthew, this weather. Matthew's been very upset because the chocolate shop needs to work out its closing soon. I saw. He, he wrote a, like, a tearful post on Facebook about this. Then he went and bought this kind of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, like, the wheels of time move ever onwards, don't they? Yes. Like... Retail don't say for anyone. Yeah. Who buys chocolate online, though? I can imagine I can imagine there's lots of other things people, people buy online, but who buys chocolate online? People people with planning skills, that's well, who buys chocolate online. I mean unlike most people I am, <laughs> I am a professional planner and when shopping I do buy a chocolate bar. So yes, you're right, right. People with planning skills buy chocolate. Do you plan when you're gonna eat people it? People who think ahead. I possibly well no, I just eat it. I'm not about you don't, I don't require planning for that. I was talking about those people who are like, Oh, we've got to buy they're basically, you'd, they'd be great in the apocalypse because they bought like a thousand rolls of loo roll. Well, like because they were like, oh, it was like, hauls. we got it at cost. So it's like basically we don't, we don't have to buy toilet paper for the yeah. next 10 years yeah, because we've got a great bargain on it. Those, what is it? They're preppers, aren't they? Called doomsday preppers or like yeah. storage hoarders. But it's like, it's not, it's not actually them. It's just people who can't resist a two for one <laughs> and they've just taken <laughs> it too far. Like today, to, like, I, I felt, I felt uh, victim to it myself. I was in the supercharge. And I needed some razors, and I ended up paying three times what I normally would so I could get the pack of 25 so that I don't have to think about buying razors for the rest of the year. He's got a beard, so I don't know what he's shaving. <laughs> I, ch- I trimmed my neck. I sculpted it. You think, you think, what, you think this happens, like, by itself? My genetics aren't that good. And maybe I wasn't talking about my face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Keith, how's the Omnicord? Uh, it's great. Where is it? This, this, uh, where, where is it? Yeah, I, this, I haven't this overpriced purchase here. People who buy overpriced things. I, I didn't have the opportunity to look at where I've been today to, to then look it back here. So it's uh, it will make an appearance. We'll have to make an appearance on a on a day when I haven't done a hundred other things before Still arriving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've been practicing. I found the hundred other voices that it can do, including tubular bells, which are great. So, uh, oh. Is, uh, is this going to be like a Brian May guitar solo now for a jingle? Oh yeah, so it's going to be a twenty-minute long uh, You've like solo. Twenty-five if minutes on the Omnicord before we can actually get in contact. I've already composed the new weird news jingle, uh, which I've got to practice, but uh, that's been written and uh, is um, will be performed live soon. Don't know when. I mean, soon. That that's, that doesn't. It's going to be at least three months. Yeah. It's not going to be three months. It'll be in a, a week or two. We'll be bored perhaps. of it by that point. Be like, oh guys, I've done this thing on this thing now. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> Keith, move on. That's fine. I'm, I'm used to that. Okay. The hmm? I'll have moved house before the Omnicord <laughs> appears. Sorry for the listeners who haven't listened to that twice. I am going slightly deaf, so it's. Uh, You're the, one, the only one with headphones on. Well, you you the only one with us here. <laughs> anyway, Phil, what have you been up to? Um, I, I, I have been excelling at uh, pub quizzes. And when I, okay, I'm using the term excelling a little loosely, but so you came fourth. 
Ryan, uh, Ryan and his lovely wife Liv hosted a charity pub quiz last week in Birmingham. With which raised £650 for I'm mining, by the way. I might, add, I might add, for Ryan's work, where you don't work. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> I was invited. And here's the thing. I was meant to be doing, I was meant to be on a team with our good friend Dave Massey, and we were going to be there just, you know, to support the charity, you know, it's an extra bit of, bit of dough for the pot. But, um, when I get there, Massey, traitor, has just bailed. And so I am left there to do the quiz by myself. Yes, sat by myself, and everyone there is like, Who's that guy? Yeah. He doesn't work with us. Well, Why is he just sat there with a glass of were from the charity, like this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if the person, if the person from the official charity, just came along, sat and did the quiz with a glass of wine, <laughs> <laughs> and then another glass of wine? I just said another. yes because it was too hard to explain otherwise. And then, and then <laughs> there was, I mean, my perhaps my finest hour. Well, I I knew I had this. I knew that I could compete when. The first question in the first round, it was a food and drink round, and the first question was, who is the Roman god of wine? And I was like, oh, I've got this. <laughs> then there was the round where you had to make a boonie hat. Nailed that. I mean, that's not very quizzical, Ryan. No, but no, you know what? I discovered a new skill. I've never made a, a balloon hat in, in my life, and now it's like, I can't stop. It was our most engaging round. Most people enjoyed it. Well, it's because you've given people a balloon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wore it well, I have to say. I, I, I was not, I was not, you know, just half a very I was doing it all by myself. That's that, that was some great content. Is that your photo now on your Tinder profile? That's, uh... No, no. I mean, I mean as well. You need, if that's going to be your profile picture, you need to definitely add the uh, the headline: Phil Ellis wears balloons well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I came fourth out of. Seven teams, which I think, considering I was doing it all by myself, you know, it's all just like <laughs> I'm just like I'm smashing it. I, you know, I, you can do anything by yourself. First, you got the Eurovision question. Match.com, sign up today. <laughs> you got the Eurovision question wrong. Even I got the I year. Tried, I got the year wrong. I tried to give you a hint, and you still got it wrong. Well, it's because I get so drunk around Eurovision, <laughs> I can't remember what country. It's set in, and it was Portugal, and I thought it was in Ukraine. I thought it was 2017. Has there been corruption going on with this quiz? Because it sounds like it's me, Pete, don't you? I was trying to give you a hint, Phil, so you could right, win I the wrote quiz. none of the questions. I just repeated the Eurovision question. This is corrupt. Twice. Yeah, but he probably was up to his ears in wine at that point, so he didn't hear you. Well, he was teams at this point. He was probably working out his business plan for his balloon hat shop in the mailbox. <laughs> I didn't start with like a little Instagram feed, where does that takes off, we'll take it to Etsy, you know, start small. Right. Me and Viv have an idea for an Instagram feed actually, because this reminds me, and I'm, and I'm going to throw it out to you, it's a bit like Shark Tank. Puppies and tiaras. No, if it's worth doing. Lost clothing items of Birmingham. Because no, I... every time we walk to and from work, there's either a new shoe, or a top, and it's or always... a glove, or something it's, random. It's something that I'm like, I stop, and I'm like... There is a story here, and I it, and it follow, that thought follows me for the rest of the day. Like when you see a single abandoned glove, yeah. or I was walking home um, from work the other day, and I saw a single shoe and a scarf, and I was like, "Has someone just been raptured, and they've <laughs> taken half their clothes up with them?" Can we just fully take the second to absorb that Phil Ellis said the sentence when I was walking home from work the other day? <laughs> just, just a minute, just a minute. I'm good. I'm good. I just, need, just needed him to hear Phil finally say, 
I, I went to work. I work. I I work it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you and Richard just walking down the street? Philip Ellis worked the world for her. <laughs> I agree they're wrong because there's a lot of shoes kicking around Sally Oak at the moment. So. Uh, and I think this would be a good good feed. I think it would get a lot of engagement. Just random clothing items. Right, which reminds me of one tweet which I saw earlier in the week which was hilarious which was on Scottish people's Twitter or Reddit which was basically there was still some guy saw a homeless man walking down the road with one shoe and he said hey mate you lost <laughs> no and he said hey mate you lost a shoe and he went no I found one. <laughs> that is like a glass half full or glass half empty yeah. uh, sort of that's just those two guys different ways of looking yeah. at life yeah uh, it's like I mean but uh, what, what are you going to do with one shoe and the other thing is if we tag the location of these shoes people who are missing a similar item might be able to find them even like, a, even like those missed connections columns yes. that you used to get in magazines it's like the metro that you used to get with like the underground and the big things that they always seem to put into the underground thing. I love that they like they have like misconnections. It's like I saw you on the eight twenty from Paddington. I'm a creep, Davey. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah, I I do think that is just like it's a well, it's, it's I, I think those things are a bit creepy. It's like did you ever see the whole like train um plane bay thing that went down a few yes. years ago? It's uh, like yeah. how what why are you just like insisting on invading someone else's privacy and like putting photos up on the internet because you want to get famous? Mm-hmm. Like you no you could, there isn't you should. I don't care how bored you are, you should never be bored enough on a plane to start just, like, doxing people. I mean, she's like Hangman instead. Yeah, just go, you know, take your part with some loo. There'll be 400 episodes of Mr. Bean on the team. Exactly. Sorry, what world are we living where you're watching Mr. Bean on the plane? Because that's on every plane in the world ever has a copy of Mr. Bean. Since about 1995, there's been guaranteed to be an episode of Mr. Bean. Guaranteed some bean. It's that and Gary Marshall's Valentine's Day. Uh. (laughs) Either or New Year's Day or Christmas Day. Or Mother's Day. (laughs) Or or Father's Day. I mean, I like those films, so... Day After Advent Sunday or any of the other films that you're going to be releasing in the next few years. He's going to do one actually called Black Friday. (laughs) What about about Lent Day? (laughs) Not a thing... It's not going to happen, Dom. You're I, not going to make shook it. I when I heard about this. I, I actually had to pause the audio and like try and comprehend that in my head I mean, for a good ten minutes. I had a Callan Danes moment. <laughs> so, you know, while he's gone for, some, gone for the summer, someone has to be the village idiot. So. Or we could all just try harder. Yeah, maybe. No one has to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're asking a lot of Callan. Uh, I'm glad you learned something there. I'm glad you learned something with my family. Well, glad you learned something that every primary school child knows. <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to this week? Well, it's funny that you mentioned about being a child, because I learned that this week it's not actually fun to go back and be a child. Um, I went to Alton Towers Water Park. I got told off twice. <laughs> twice. I'm 30. Only twice? 30, yeah, only twice. I'm 32 years old, I got told off twice. Um, apparently they have a system where you have to have the right coloured rubber ring to go down the right water slide yet both both rings are the same colour same, same shape so there's no reason I can't use a different colour to go down the slide but no I got whistled for trying to do that I mean what is wrong it's like if that's perfectly acceptable right if there's if you've shut the other slide down temporarily because someone's been stuck on it then why not let everybody else go down the other slides what what, what where Police. I'm still struggling over the idea of you told us how how old you are and then you still chose to go to Alton Towers Water Park. It's like I'm st- 
Yeah. Me and my friend group did this all throughout our twenties where we went every year, guaranteed. Friend one group. Of friend group means that you only have yes. one friend. No, it was about four or five of us that went every year, guaranteed for one of our birthdays, and we always went to someone's birthday party. But we all made a pact on our thirtieth birthday that to be the day that we stopped going. So the last one of us turned thirty is New Year's going. That was the last time. We what more for you for your silly friendship pact? All I can think of is the Napoleon sequence in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure <laughs> of guy just going up, barging little kids out of the way, <laughs> going down the slide again. I mean, I did get laughed at by some little kids for just just genuinely being a fat man, and it's kind of like I felt low at that point. It was kind of like, yeah. did you did you go trunks and a t-shirt or a unitard? I felt, I felt like wearing a t-shirt, but uh, no, I, I went I went full on, you know. Speedos. So yeah, I got told off for that. I got told off for trying to enter another pool via a meme. <laughs> I got told off for trying to enter the pool via another meme that you couldn't. Um, however, however, there was no trouble caused when five five grown adults decided to sit on, on rubber tyres around um, rapids and all hold on to each other's thing, thus causing congestion and allowing nobody to get past. But that's perfectly acceptable to do at Alton Towers Moor Park. But I also learned as well that going back to doing childish things can hurt because we all went for a nice afternoon out on Saturday to the Jury Court Festival and we all went on a heart scout or Ryan you didn't because you were scared I but I've done it previously and I'm a fat kid and I don't want to get stuffed halfway down <laughs> and then be on the news I'm made in Birmingham with fat man stuck on slide I don't want to be a Homer Simpson episode you don't want to be your own story on weird news <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I went down the house scouter, but I sort of started slipping off my mask. So I leant back, and my my, my back touched the the wooden surface of the house scouter. And such a big squip bruise and cut on my back from that incident. It's horrible. I did nearly skin my elbow on the house scouter because they, he says, "Our elbows in, hold your knees." And it's like, well, how are you meant to hold your knees but then keep your elbows in? Because your elbows are then are by their very nature out, and you're automatically. Flung to the side, and it's like those mats are made for children, yes. and I don't have the body of a child because I'm six foot one. So immediately when I start going <laughs> down, my, I put, I ch- try and tuck my arms in, then my legs lose control. They, my legs start flying all over the place. <laughs> I try and hold them back in, end up bashing my arms on both sides, nearly nearly toppling out the side is essentially, and then because my legs are in the air. There's nothing to stop me when I come down. So I come flying down and I, yeah. You nearly shot off the end I of did. the uh, yeah. breaking point, which was... I've never gained such momentum at in my least, life. Though, I found a sperm. You, at least <laughs> neither of you needed the nurse like your friend Sam had to the last time that we were in that hotel together. I mean, that was quite tragic. Although I did nearly knock that man out when I came flying down. We, who waits for your son to get off the bottom of the house scout knowing full well someone else is going to come blasting down at any minute? And like I nearly wiped him out, and he was like, "Oh no!" Like that's kind of like this is what what happened. Like the why flying in the wind. Why? Why did you? Why oh did no! You... There is no way I could have predicted this entirely predictable outcome. Like it's like an Afghan hound at full pelt. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's like that gif of the the cow in the wig with the wind blowing. <laughs> my lovely, lovely guy. My lovely guy. What I coming like... down the helter skelter with his fetlocks blowing in the wind. What I like though is that whilst me and Phil seem to um, razz it down the slide, your lovely wife Viv seem to just travel the pale the pace of a snail down there with child faster folk approaching behind her. Your your lovely girlfriend's sister stopped halfway down. Yeah, I don't get it. What's, what's, what, what was going on, Viv? Can you come to the mic and explain what happened halfway down the uh, the house scout, which caused you to have to physically pull yourself down the rest of it? 
messed up because the I had my the backs of my heels actually on the helter skelter when I could have like lifted them up. So you were breaking yourself basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just like slowly walking down like you know, like when you like on the carpet and you I, wanna scoot yourself over. <laughs> what I loved what I loved about it though was like obviously Viv was like nearing the bottom and then you just saw this child sort of just pass like the foot top tier like when it was coming round and it was kinda of like this is not gonna end well. Viv <laughs> <laughs> got out of the way but this kid just went <laughs> It was like that scene in The Last Jedi where the Admiral puts the ship to walls for you. <laughs> <laughs> way into that big crash. Every, just, every cuts to I thought that kid was going to end up in the jerk chicken stand the speed that kid was coming down. Yeah, I mean, kids fly off it though. I, mean, what I, was, I was quite annoyed about though because this quite large gentleman did want to go on the house scout with his son and we were all stood waiting for the show. We were like, this is, this is going to be great. The kid started crying and got on. Oh, I remember, yeah. So destroying. And it was so funny because we were, I think it was like, what, 10, 15 yards away. And yeah. the guy was like, you just ruined that for him, you kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the polite way of saying yeah. it. <laughs> the, the weirdest thing was, so while I was all at the Helter Skelter and getting a bit of food, there was Russian opera singing on in the background. It was like oh. the dirtiest music and, ever. And Ryan and I were both hungover at this point. So this is another fun, well, not fun story. It's another thing that happened. Um, is the, the previous day we were all meant to go to a screening an outdoor screening of Black Panther one of the best Marvel films uh, at Brindley Place Outdoor Film Festival and it was the one day that it rained and it was not even mm. like light rain it, it was, was proper full rain, on rain. Um, and so we came back to shave deep for Brummie and ended up drinking four bottles of wine you whilst watching you, Thor you Ragnarok <laughs> 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 we were all drinking and watching Thor Ragnarok which was kind of like a decent substitute it's the exact same storyline as Black Panther to be fair um, and just you know for people who eat tofu and um and yeah and it, it was it was uh it was a very pleasant evening but then the next day the blue reporter was very hard work for that first hour yeah i mean we'll ask you how your and week that, was and that was the other reason i didn't want to go down the health school because i didn't want projectile vomit going around with a spiral red, I mean, red wine sick <laughs> no <laughs> i think i think we'd ask you how your week was but we kind of know because your week was basically sh- empty no i also went on a boat i did spend else. three consecutive days with ryan I went on a boat. Oh. What kind of boat? A canal boat. I should have guessed that, shouldn't I? In Stratford. Not the the thing. Me and Viv had there in Stratford. There we had one of those river tour cruises things. Which is where basically up the river, down the river, past the RFC. Past, oh, yeah. Past these very expensive houses that are on the riverside. I've done and that, yeah. With many disapproving people sat in their gardens staring at the boat. It's like, oh, how tourists. dare you come past me on I mean, this publicly owned river? What do they tell you every time? Oh, so, like, this is where, like, Shakespeare lived. And then, like, if you go over there, if you, that's where, like, Shakespeare lived. And, like, did you know yeah, that this is like, where Shakespeare have, lived? You have, like, wine on the boat there, so it's fun. You just have wine going into the boat. And we also found out about this apparently very, very popular author in the 1800s who like don't be rumours anymore because she lived in Stratford and she was like a big celebrity at the time. Not a clue. Apparently she wrote really rubbish romantic fiction. Bronte? No. I can't even remember her name. That's how I much I took away from Bronte's romantic romance He didn't tell us a name or some grasping at straws. But also like, oh yeah, the Brontes, no one remembers them. Yes, <laughs> them? Who them? <laughs> And we found a place serving gin and tonic ice cream strawberries. Oh, like, that's just like ruining big gin. Nah, it was good. You know what, gin needs extra calories. No, thank you. 
Not that much. She needs ten seconds of that. No, I know. You, you know my son's an asshole. It should hurt on the way down. But anyway, that was fun. I went on a bit on a bit. San Diego Comic Con closed its doors a few weeks ago and left a big pile of geek behind. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to clean up that mess. First up, we'll talk the DC films that have come out. First one being Shazam. 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 I mean, that just sounds like the catchphrase of a black exploitation character. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be the magical word which turns DC's version of Captain Marvel from his human version of Billy Batson. It sounds like sounds, it sounds like a word somebody says all the time. You don't want them to say it. It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a word that could be spoken by a uh, US president in a random press conference. But anyway, Keith, it's first time we've seen Shazam on the big screen. Yeah, Captain Marvel. Depending on which version we import. What was your thoughts on the trailer? It just like dumb fun. Uh, I liked the fact that it wasn't taking itself too seriously, which is a step in the right direction for the DC movies, as far as I'm concerned. Zachary Levi looks cool in it, considering he's not in the. Uh, not sure about the uh, 1950s real creamed dyed black hair. That's kind of in keeping with the kind of history of the character, though. I think in terms of mm. what he looks like, but you know, obviously he doesn't look like that under the suit. Yeah, he's, he's not Hugh Jackman did. No. In terms of his looks, it, it, it seems very foamed and yeah, it looks like the old set. It looks like the uh, early nineties Flash costume a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a great hal- unimaginative Halloween costume. Yep, essentially. You know, all, all you a need muscle is suit. A, yeah, as I say, a muscle suit and a big yellow LED light strapped to your chest. It's going to be an easy cosplay. It's not spiky all over the place as well, like all the other DC costumes are. Yeah, it's going to get like, caught on everything. Doesn't look like discarded tin foil, like uh, good old Mister Cyborg, your favourite comic book. Oh. I forgot he was even a, a thing that existed. Oh yeah, second rate Tin Man. Yeah. Ugh, I hate this idea. But uh, as I said, Zachary Levi is going to be taking it over after pretty much the least amount of Thor's time in the Marvel universe. Yeah, he only did one two. of the Warriors three. He had about five oh, yeah. minutes. He had five minutes in oh, Thor: The Dark World yeah. and about thirty seconds in Ragnarok. <laughs> Before he got ice. I don't think he even got thirty seconds in that. It was just. You're out of the way. That was pretty much. I mean, we watched that film, what, less than a week ago, and I still had forgotten that that was him. Yeah, he basically just like, I, oh, that was it, pretty much. Why are people trying to make this man a star? He's quite he's Chuck. He was Chuck. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's not a film lead, he's just. Um, he is, I mean, he is Chuck. He is the lead for a derivative CBS procedural. Yeah, he's well, like, the whole point of Chuck was it's supposed to be an everyman who turns into a spy by accident. That was the whole original premise of Chuck, and he worked really well for that because he is the kind of nerdy, fun kind of character you saw. Really? I mean, he's been in Fre- uh, Rapunzel. He was the lead in that. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's like that guy that you don't cast in a film, like like the guy from How I Met Your Mother. You don't put him in a film as well. Do you know what I mean, you don't you don't you don't cast these guys as leads in films. They're just generic, what, n- generic, he's, mundane fools. He's he's got sort of like um, nebbish sidekick written all over yeah. him. Like he would show Either up that. in an episode of The Big Bang Theory, and he would fit in. Either that, or like leading a Hallmark no for Christmas movie. Yeah. That's his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah I, I feel. Mm. He's, An Ali McBeal love interest. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That kind no, of he'd, thing. he'd be an Ali McBeal client of the week. 
Well, like Sex in the City is one of the wacky background characters who comes yeah. into a couple of episodes. It looks dumb fun, which it's something different from DC. But I think it's going to struggle at the box office a little I'm, bit. I, I just want to know whether the dialogue is being intentionally dumb when he mm. has that Pikachu, I choose you moment. I think in his sort of mystical lair. I think it's intentionally trying to be like a, a bit like Big the movie. This is what the kind of feel it is. It's like Big but with a superhero. I, I, which is like the dumbest premise ever. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just not on board with it. It's just so dumb. I personally think this is going to break superhero films. I think people are going to see this. People are still on board with superhero films. They're going to see this thing and they're gonna be like, "What a silly what pile of trash!" If it looks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it out. This looks like the most ridiculous film coming out. I just everything about this just made me feel. Uh, it just it's, it's cheap. It's nasty. It, it looks like that James Gunn film Super. Which was a mockery of superheroes. It reminds me of Kickass. Kickass yeah. is horrible. This just looks cheap and nasty and, and pathetic. It's it's like DC's trying to do a parody of DC films while also just trying to make a straight up DC film, well, and you can't have yeah. it both ways. It's like they're it's like they're trying to do their version of something like Guardians of the Galaxy and have that fun factor and try and bring it in, yet still be part of the expanded DC universe. I mean, we it's see in the trailer you've got nods to Batman, you've got nods to Aquaman in there, so I'm assuming it's going to be in the same universe, but it's never going to really fit. And people are expecting that DC dark and gritty universe, which is all DC's pumped out so far. If you bar Suicide Squad, which was just reported as everything that tried to inject a bit of fun, it's not going to sit with that audience. Also, it, this is going to kind of hinge on the performance of the child actors. You've got the one yeah. playing the young version of Shazam, and then his foster brother. And I just don't. Also, like you know, oh, like they're 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 foster kids and they're being bullied. I don't care. There's this one line in the film where the bully's like, oh, like, are your fake family gonna, like, come and get you? And it's like, oh my god, bullies in movies need to get more creative. That is not a taunt. That would not scratch the surface of a disabled foster kid. They're more resilient than that. Be more creative with your bullying, then maybe I'll care. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think DC needs to realise that they need to stop. Like, I, this is, this is think, a joke too far. I think DC just needs to stop, as you said, scrap and reboot. Just give but us give one, it a few years. Give us Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and then go on holiday for a while, like a few years. Have a, have a good hard think. Go go to the seaside, look at the ocean, have a good hard think where your movies are. Do you know what this film is? It's like the present you get given on a birthday or Christmas that you like. There's an, instantly you're like, I don't like this, but you've got to put on a fake smile and be like, oh, this is really 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 good. Like just to make them feel good about it. That this this is this is a rubbish gift. It's it's. Why? Why are they? Why have they put millions of dollars into making Banana Man the movie? <laughs> <laughs> He's even got the yellow banana on his chest. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well, maybe he should have that somewhere else. If this was nineteen eighty four, it would be a huge hit. Yeah, but it ain't nineteen eighty four. I think we're past this stage of comic book movies now. They said it reminds you of the nineties Flash. This is where it kind of fits for me. It's that mid nineties. Like Fantastic Four, that you kind know of era is? where it was stupid comic book movies were fine. Or like, and sort of mannequin type eighties movie where like, um, oh my god, like the main villain's gonna like close down, you know, well, the community center, and Shazam has to help the neighborhood kids defeat the villain, and it's a, it's gonna be that kind of yeah. dumb, dumb film. I mean, yeah, as I said, we see Mark Strong as a villain in this, and he's just being the most atypical British villain I have seen on screen ever. He looks like a Wallace and Gromit creation. Who, Mark Strong? You know, Shazam <laughs> Man, he looks like, I don't know. The, the thing they're not selling you in this trailer is the fact that the, the villain of the piece is actually going to be The Rock. Because yep. he plays a character called no, Black he's Adam. Le- 
Because he ditched he it. Out, I think. Oh, yeah. right. I mean, if The Rock was in this, it'd be a whole different story. Let's move on. Yeah, I think he pulled out. He's, he's going to do a Black Adam solo. Oh, okay. Not camp, I think. So it's it's yeah. So it's a bit of a. It's kind of like it's kind of like DC have gone. We want to do Spider Man and Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, yeah. Right, but we don't have the we don't have the right characters to do it. Let's talk about the other one, Carl Drogo as a fish. It's Aquaman. You know, you know, you want to do the compliment sandwich and you want to open with something strong. I think he looks <laughs> great. Again, this movie looks dumb as hell. I don't think they need like. The origin story. I feel like origin stories uh, for a standalone film are kind of boring and rote, and you, you know, just like put him straight into an adventure. We don't need to know his. Uh, well, his we don't need to know that his mum's Nicole Kidman. He shouldn't even need an origin story because he's always he's already in been Justice in. League movie. Yeah. He was already precursors in Batman versus Superman. It's and and it's again, it's so many things. It's trying to do. Atlantis is trying to be like Wakanda under the sea. Yeah, um, this, this is the same plot we've already had twice. He, the whole royal family plot, that's like Thor, Black Panther, Lion King, you know, it's, it's, sort of, it's you, You've got Amber Heard with, with the, the Little Mermaid yeah. red hair. It's just like, there's so many things being mushed together, and it's like, is there a, a single thing in this movie that is original? It's Hamlet with flippers. I mean, it makes me excited. <laughs> it makes me excited for what Disney will do with live-action Little Mermaid. Because like that's got like Lin Manuel Miranda doing songs for it, so that's obviously going to be a success. So it makes me interested to see what they do with an underwater film. But it just just looks like yeah, it's, this, like, it's on the TV it. in the background. It just looks like trash. I mean, Black Manta looks cool, but there's so much of this that looks like so, Green Lantern. But what's that? Of, the the character with the helmet that shoots lasers out of his eyes. But this yeah. looks this looks like this looks like Green Lantern. All but, the costumes yeah, look CGI. Is, and director, this is a really odd fit because I get James Wan, who's known for the Saw series of movies and Fast and the Furious. Huh. How does that translate into superhero movie? It, but it would if it was Marvel. But it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. for DC. I mean, it's like he's done the Conjuring, Insidious, it's all low budget horror movies, and then swapped over to. Fast and the Furious franchise. I mean, I, li- I like a lot of the DC characters. I like the Sham- Shazam comic. I like Aquaman as a comics character. But, I've no- the, but these films just leave me cold in terms of the fact that it's not those ca- it's not those characters. I you know I don't mind that he doesn't look like the comic version of Aquaman. But there's just something about Aquaman that's missing. Because Jason Momoa could be really good, but I think everything else around him just doesn't work. Yeah, is it just Aquaman the- Lane? Yeah, it's well. I'd prefer Prince Namor on screen for that, right? Because he is just a bit of a git. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, give give him some more personality traits than just generic hero. Yeah. All right. So flipping over, eighteen years since Unbreakable was in cinemas. It's been a long wait for a sequel. I mean, is was it, it, is has it, it been eighteen <laughs> years? Is it, is it the sequel anybody actually wants? So I didn't realize until I watched this trailer that Split was part of the M. Sh- yeah. Night Shyamalan cinematic universe. Well, it was originally just a complete separate one, and now they've just turned it into a sequel to make this glass movie. They've like incorporated the stories in together, which works convenient. That well. there isn't there is a nod at, at the end of Split though yeah. that ties it in. I mean, the the whole thing about this is they're all in a psychiatric institute. They're having delusions of grandeur by being superheroes. I I mean, I Unbreakable was. The last good M Night Shyamalan. It was. Movie. I mean, yeah, because it was. It was this follow up to the Sixth Sense, and it was never going to beat just that gigantic twist, which now just feels so silly talking about. But at the time, it was yeah. so. It was such a big deal. Um, and then Unbreakable, I feel like there was the twist at the end of that felt a little bit cheap, and and it sort of 
that became the thing that he was then known for for, yeah. for, for a good few movies. But the idea of um, Samuel L. Jackson's character becoming so obsessed with the idea that superheroes must exist in this universe yeah. that it sort of drives them to become a supervillain mm-hmm. is an interesting idea. Yeah. I love that they've got um, him and Bruce Willis back. Yeah, uh, It looks like they've got, because they've brought in... Um, those two with James McAvoy character. Um, there's enough meat and material there to just really build a film um, around. And you've got, like you've got meat on McAvoy, our, to be honest with you. And yeah. you've got our lady Sarah Paulson. But this is the thing that I'm enjoying about James McAvoy's character because he's just it's it's an excuse for McAvoy to be able to go full fat. Oh, this is like yeah. is it eighteen personalities he's got inside? I know. He's, he's, he's doing his that. Tony Collette United States of Tara yes. anyway, like like Oscar reel. He's doing his uh, kind hearts and coronets basically. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about it is it's led by the villains. The yes. David Dunn's character is actually not that effective a superhero, yeah. but the villains the villains are in control, yeah. and the villains are the ones that are driving the, 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 the movie. And I'm looking forward to it. I really liked Unbreakable. I wasn't a big fan of the Sixth Sense yeah. at all, but I really liked Unbreakable. Oh, yeah. So this could be really good. I mean, the, the final thing that sums this film up to do was the whole bit where Samuel L. Jackson's walking over the trailer going, first name Mr. Surname Wallace. Oh, see, that to me was just like, we, we've we had every variation of the James Bond, James Bond yeah. thing. It's like, we know that your name's Glass because, you know, like we, we've seen films. But and it, was, it, and it, also, it we're, was, we're watching this on, you know, on the, Facebook's, on the Facebook's homepage where like it, it's already said that caption. I know, it's just nice to see Samuel L. Jackson getting a leading role rather than being Mr. Sonny. And, 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 and to play a creepy villain rather than just like a hard swearing, wisecracking kind of, you know, or yeah. Bad. yeah. Or popping in for, for one line as Nick Fury every two films. <laughs> okay. Keith, this is the film I think you're most forwardly anticipating. It is Gujira. Gujira. Of monsters. Yeah. Looks great. I'm not, I, the, the human actors, I'm not that bothered about, but um, I like the first one, Gareth Evans did a great job with the first uh, one, and I just like more monsters. We got Rodan, we got Mothra, we got King Ghidorah. It's like, yeah, I like Shin Godzilla. This looks great. Can't wait till next year. I mean, I'm going to see this film, but I'm not happy the fact that like you can't see anything. You literally can't see anything. Like it's the first one, like all over again. Like everything that was in the dark to try and save some budget, and I can't see anything. So I want to see the monsters in full. I can't I see anything. It's just a teaser guy, though. Like, nah, nah, it's just budget saving, and they, they spent all the money getting Eleven as part of the cast. Again, why is she into the cast? I'm, I'm so over her as a thing. Like, as a child actor, just, just go away. Well, it, it's, as I said, they did the first thing with the Godzilla reboot. I shoehorned Rowan Johnson's character in before, and it was just off the back of the end of Breaking Bad. Well, that, that's so it. Like, oh, if, like, if, it if you like Breaking package. Bad, you'll enjoy Godzilla. It's yeah. just like... Ugh. Anyway, Ken Watanabe's back and yes. Sally Hawkins is back, so that's on on board. So I mean, like it's on the TV right now. I can barely see what Godzilla looks like. I want to see the texture of his body. Can't see anything. You want, thing. <laughs> you want daytime yeah. Zilla? Yeah, you I want body or the audience? You should watch Shin Godzilla then if you want to see oh, God, a daytime that's Shin Godzilla. So weird when he's like, like developing and his face is all weird. It's like a dog-looking sheep. It's, 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 it's so a weird. Great, great it's, movie. It's though. a great Godzilla movie, but I think King of Monsters. It's it's gonna be. Fun, I think. It's, yeah, it's going to be a, like the end of the last Godzilla movie. It was really slow for the first hour, hour and a half. But when you had the big fight, everybody was that. That's that's what and you watch big see monsters that's, for. And that's what people have paid to go into the cinema to watch. So don't pretend you're doing Shakespeare. Yeah. Just 
just don't give me a tower build-up. Just give me monsters. Yeah, give me monsters beating the hell out of each other like they're Alexis and Crystal in that Fountain Dynasty. That's what I want. What's this? What's this silliness on the TV right now? It is, of course, Fantastic Beasts, and we have to find them at the crimes of Grindelwald. Oh god, god, yeah. Do you remember we talked about that title? Because you can fire James Gunn for a tweet, but if you hit your wife, you'll still get cast as a title character in a family franchise. And get shown at San Diego Comic Con as the surprise guest. Oh, it's. Yeah. He just looks like the ghost of his own career at this point. Like, he's <laughs> just so off-putting. I think we should move along. So yeah, you know what? Yeah, because I could fill an hour with all the things <laughs> wrong with that franchise right now. Telly. Telly, Telly. San Diego, Telly, Telly. There's quite a lot of TV that was one, but we're picking out our highlights again. Starting off with the return after many years of Dave Filoni's version of Star Wars Clones, which is... The animated one, I think five seasons it ran for, or four and a half, plus a film. And film, five seasons and a lost episode. Yes, and then um, it's completely different to Jenny Tartarovsky's version, which I would love to see come back as well. But they left it unfinished, basically. I think at this point Disney had lost faith in the show, and they left quite a few threads hanging especially with Ashoka, who's returning in Star Wars Rebels. So this is basically them tidying up things, and he's going to be limited one series, about 12 episodes in. Yeah, 12 episodes, I think. Yeah. So, Keith, I think me and you are the only two people in the room who've watched this to any kind of significant degree. It's good to have it back. I will watch it. I yeah. kind of wish they would continue to go past what they've done with Rebels. Mm. Uh, going backwards seems a little bit of a kind of um, weird step. To kind of finish it off. We're going to have the new show series of Forces of Destiny, I think, or something like that. Post. There's another one Post Filoni's Rebels. working on. So yes. yeah, I think they'll get 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 this one out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering how. I wonder as well how new Star it Wars actually Resistance. is. There we go. Because yeah, it is a lost episode, so I wonder whether he made these ones and they've just been sitting on the back shelf waiting yeah. to. Um, no, knowing knowing Filoni, he probably made these as a fan project with the staff, and then just sat on them for a long while. Yeah, as long as we get them before Disney stick everything behind a paywall, yeah. I'm going to be quite happy. Well, um, I'm, I'm a bit worried about this new Disney streaming service, because we're also getting one from DC, I'm sure Marvel's probably going to be working on their own one. We're going to have Netflix, it's just, as you said in your show a few weeks ago, too much excess at the minute. Don't, just give me, give us one streaming service and put yourself yeah. on it. It's good to have it back. Good to have it back, it looks interesting, looks quite cool. Yeah, I mean, if it if it does round up that story and end up kind of where the Tarsk- the Tartarovsky one ended and literally leads straight into the beginning of the third film, um, it should be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next big reveal was the reboot of Buffy. I'm I'm dubious um, because the way these things are talked about. They'll use the word reboot, um, but it's been unclear about, the. I think from the official statement, whether it's a reboot or a revival. Or a remake. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. All they've said so far is um, that it's going to focus on a Black Slayer. Uh, It may be that they're sort of doing a complete reboot and rebooting the character of Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, as a, as a, with a new actress, or it could or be, it like could be. the next generation. And and honestly, I think that's what I want. I think that's what most fans of the show would be more open to. Um, is yeah, Buffy the new class. You know, I mean, the way that the original show ended, um, left it so open to have an entire new generation of slayers and new characters. You could have yeah. Slayer Academy. You could have 
an anthology show where every season is set, you know, with a different Slayer in a different period of history. Slayed by the Bell. <laughs> Slayed by the Bell, the new class, yeah. Um, so I think if they did, sort of, if they went down the whole Star Trek TV series route and told new stories with new characters set within that fantastical universe yeah. that Joss Whedon created, that would bring, you know, I mean, bring in characters like Frey from the comics. You I know. preferred Joss not to come back because I think he's moved on. I think he created something great and now it's time to just pass the baton yes. completely. Yeah, yeah um, I think no it has correct. got it has got a, a showrunner who I think was behind Midnight Texas, which was another show yeah. very very similar to Buffy in terms of sort of style, tone, yeah. content. Yeah, I think that's so on sci-fi, wasn't it? Yeah, it would be in, I think, from what I've heard, I'm sort of dubiously optimistic. I just, I really, really hope that, because the thing is, Buffy is a great character, but I'm just, I, yeah, I want to hear what's well, next. Well, we've had the continuation of the Joss Whedon continuity in all the Buffy comics, so there's yeah, plenty of material. Eight, nine, ten, yeah. you know. So there's plenty um, of material if they want to reference the comics and bring those in a yeah. little bit inside that, that worked quite nice. I'm always just like a bit dubious when it comes to like, oh, let's just reboot it completely from scratch. When it's like, well, no, like you've got all this amazing backstory and mythology and continuity. Be more creative. Bring new kick-ass characters into this world and then drive it forward rather than just you know like go like they did with the Ghostbusters film. Yeah. I think the biggest misstep they did there was trying to reboot it from scratch rather than just having it be the next generation. Yeah. Trust the audience's in- intelligence and, and the, memory. The you thing, know. the thing that always got me about Ghostbusters film, they sold it on being a continuation. And yeah, then, and you had all the original cast and cameos anyway. Why, and why, kicks, why not just have them? the legs out from under the chair and went, oh no, it's completely different. It, yeah, it was, that was just like... I, and I didn't really get the point of it because it was no. like, you're telling an origin story yet again. I, 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 I think you can trust your audience's intelligence not to need an origin story. Like yeah. I'm saying with the Aquaman, Aquaman thing, you know, it's like, just trust that enough people... Will be familiar with Buffy. They'll yeah. be like, right. So people, people it's about a girl who fights vampires, and in every generation you get a new one. Great. This is the new generation. I mean, it, Buffy was a generation ago. We're due a new Slayer anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just have it be a, a new teenage girl with a new cast of friends, a new Watcher cast, and then that would open it up to have cameos from Sarah Michelle Gellar or Alison Hannigan or you know yeah. Anthony Head, and and have it be, and that, that I think that'll be a great way to bring in new viewers and also please the old fans. Yeah. It's not like the mythology hasn't been built up in a way to be able to do that. It's 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 designed for exactly this <laughs> yeah. purpose. I mean, David Corian <laughs> could pop up left, right, and centre. Oh god! I mean, if you had like James Masters or Juliet Lando, and it's like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they look great. They could probably could just go in and you know say they look the same age. Not to rag on DC too much. Biggest misstep trailer of all of San Diego Comic Con was the DC Titans trailer, which is basically their hard R live action version of Teen Titans, which is. A heartwarming, family-friendly comedy cartoon show at the minute, and now they've just basically got oh. bullets and blood and and they've got and Robin angst. saying the f word. Yes, and teenage angst, and it was kind of like this is just not needed at all. Why have you even bothered? Why is it? Is it like DC's a version of Pretty Little Liars? Yeah, know? it's basically they watched Gotham and then thought, let's make it more darker and grittier. That's it. You've already got Gotham, so do something different. Yeah. Everything in there do in there doing in that trailer isn't dark and isn't gritty. It's just stupid and banal. Yeah. It's like but filmed with a grey filter. It's just rubbish. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean Cyborg looked trash from start to finish. Beast Boy, what? Is Cyborg even in it? I yeah, didn't even he's see in him. it for like because I saw they got Hawk and Dove in there. Who were kind the, of quite hard characters. Yeah. We well, see the red eye of Cyborg for a second uh, and a bit at some point. But that makes no sense because isn't it set in the same universe as all? I don't know what's don't going know. on with DC. They should just give up. Um, in yeah, but it's it's not like the Titans can't do dark stories. They've done dark stories in the past, but yeah. What what's Robin? 
doing, mm-hmm. like stamping on people's heads and yeah, like it's just cussing. <laughs> no. It just doesn't work and it doesn't really fit the character. A uh, bit more positive news on the DC side, so we're going to get the next season of Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash and Supergirl, but they're introducing a trans superhero character in Supergirl, which goes on to the back of your last show last yes. week. Yes, so um, as, uh, if, if you listen to last week's show, you, you will know that I am very... Uh, I have opinions about this about this kind of thing. Um, I think it's great. I think the fact that it's uh, been going to be a trans character played by a trans actress and not Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because she, that's that's her thing. She loves to appropriate other identities, uh, you know, Coast in, Michelle, in, sorry. in <laughs> middling genre fare. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's great to have that kind of visibility out there. I think yeah. Supergirl in general um, is has been doing really well I think it's with its LGBT characters. It's, I mean, well, also you know, as as one of the few kind of female led um, yeah. uh, shows uh, in that universe, I think yeah, they've they've, they've been doing great. And I think it's thrived from the move from ABC to CW, which is what a lot of people were expecting to be the opposite. I think it's actually better suited to be a CW. I think it's just that, yeah. that environment that they've set those four shows up. I mean, barring Arrow, it's kind of just treading well, water I don't know, at the moment. Seven seems to be quite popular. You've got Ollie, Oliver Queen in jail being a tough nut again, yeah. so it might top it for But I think Legends and Supergirl are where it's at in terms of their, those DC shows. And I think that they're doing the tone right, where it doesn't have to be dark and gritty all the time. You can have fun, it's okay. Yeah, but you can still address important issues. The characters yeah. still talk about stuff that's worthwhile discussing and talking. And they have made, I mean, even in Legends, they've made very pointed uh, mm-hmm. observations about the current state of, of world politics in a way that kind of people can go, oh, okay, I can yeah. see that, but not kind of over-labeling it in a kind of yeah. way. I mean, I do feel a little bit sorry for Arrow because it's kind of like it was the original Big Brother show that seemed to be cast aside as they focus on the original series a little bit. And there's still lots of growth stuff they could have on those characters. But I'm happy that Supergirl and Legends are actually pushing things forward a little bit. I feel like DC TV shows are what the DC movies wish they could be. Pretty much. It seems <laughs> That's be, where the good stuff's it, happening. It does seem to be like opposites. So you get like Marvel, you've had Inhumans, you've had Days of Tomorrow. The Netflix stuff's been great mostly mm. but then it's kind of like the flip side is the movies are always silly with marvel whereas dc it's the films aren't finding an audience properly because they're trying to be all things to all people yeah. and just like failing on every single mark mm-hmm. cool moving on to the next tv show where we got a very short trailer at sdcc but doctor who is back Ooh. Uh, I mean, Bradley Walsh reading with a beano and looking after his chips is pretty much all I took away from that trailer. I, I feel like it almost doesn't need Doctor Who at this point doesn't even need trailers. I think if you're a, all you need is a single frame saying what date it starts again. Because at this point, if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it. You know, mm-hmm. we're, fans of the show are are uh, are going to come back no matter what. I think there are people who've said, you know, they're going to stop watching now that the Doctor's a woman. I think good, there's going to be a good, hot... No, yeah. good, good, stop watching. But I think there's going to be a... Stop watching and don't bother to comment about it online if you're just exactly. going to stop. That, that's the key to this, is just stop. But the old We don't need to know that you've stopped. Yeah, the old seasons still exist if you want to go back and rewatch those. But also, I think it's going to bring in a whole new influx of young viewers, um, uh, especially you know, young female viewers who are going to see themselves on screen for the first time. You've got a woman doctor... Um, and then a woman of colour as the companion as well. So this is great. Tra- um, what do you think about the trailer? Like in terms of what we're actually going to see? 
I like the fact that it didn't give anything away. It just looks like more Doctor Who, more planets, just more adventures. Introduced you know, us to the, the characters. One thing I did notice it did have the ear bit of the theme music starting to in every other Doctor Who trailer since the reboot. Well, this is another exciting thing. I think the last time they did, they had something like this was uh, when Matt Smith came in with Karen Gillan and Stephen Moffat, and it was like a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the same now. They've got all new companions, a new Doctor, a new showrunner. A new whole like uh, logo and branding and everything. It's new kind of new yeah. theme. If you've never seen a single episode of Doctor Who, I think this is a great time for younger viewers to just start. Yeah, and I think it's actually gonna, as you said, it's probably gonna be beneficial for younger viewers to have jumping on point. It's been what, 12, 13 years since the reboot. Uh, twelve years, yeah. Um, Time shows to rough American horror story. So the next series is gonna be merging two of the previous seasons. Um, so we've got. Coffin and Coven. A murder house. Coffin. Coven sounds like you're going to Coventry. That's how we ticket to so, so, so this is called, the season's called Apocalypse, is that right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. I, so, uh, Guy, when we were off air, was just saying that um, one of the sort of appealing things about American Horror Story is that you can kind of dip in and out of seasons because they're kind of self-contained, self-contained stories. So I watched the first four years. Uh, Coven was probably my favourite season actually just because it was a really fun premise yeah. um, I gave up halfway through Hotel I thought Lady Gaga was actually great but just the story wasn't really gripping me um, and I didn't watch Roanoke and I didn't watch um, Cult but I will be back because I saw more Murder House I saw Coven um, I like the idea of Coven was sort of like a haunted house meets Rosemary's Baby um, Co- sorry Murder House was Rosemary's yeah. Baby Coven was basically like Dynasty with Voodoo yeah um, and I love the idea of, yeah, sort of bringing those those worlds and those characters together. And I imagine there'll be sort of cameos maybe from other seasons as well. My only concern is Brian Murphy's got so much TV going on at the moment. He's, he's going to be dead thin. I can't make him sure he gets to go over the staff. Well, I think American Horror Story, you've got Brad Falchuk as well. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully with Pose, what he did right was basically give it to writers that were going to do it justice. I think with American Horror Story, no one's expecting great art. It's just messy, yeah. campy fun. Yeah. Uh, and as long as we get, you know, cameos from like Cordelia Fox or and uh, you know, whatever trashy, awful Emma Emma Roberts character she's doing this year, <laughs> uh, it's it's just it, American Horror Story. It's like playing um, bingo. You know, every season you get the same tropes done in a sort of new but not too new kind of way, um, and it's just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. Any TV or film that you think we've missed out? We should talk about across this week that you could have right i'm lucky enough now to be talking to the wonderful andy thomas who's going to tell us a little bit more about his new tabletop game hyper league racing uh, hello andy hi how are you i'm very well thank you um tell us a little bit more about the name uh, mad mad dad games how did that all come about okay so mad dad games um is a twofold thing when i was thinking about a name for the company i was thinking about something which kind of represented me and my and my journey and the uh, the first element of that i suppose is the um, it's the obvious one um, i have two wonderful daughters um they're both incredibly geeky um my oldest daughter has an absolute thing about star wars and we play a lot of board games um together and so i started writing little games for her and for my four-year-old to play with um and then the second element of that um is regarding the mad dad thing i've suffered from poor mental health for um, since my teenage years really um i've had you know i've 
struggle with depression and anxiety. And over the last couple of years, I've been lucky enough to engage with um, a new CBT group in Solihull. And, um, and that's done wonders for my ability to cope with that. So, so Mad Dad Games is firstly about me and my daughters and us playing games and enjoying games together. And then secondly, is about my battle with depression and anxiety. And Hyper League Racing is a, uh, is a project that has been part of that well-being uh, program going forward. That's really, fa- that's really fascinating and fantastic. What a, what a brilliant way to you know, start an idea and you know, get, get, get your daughters involved, which is fantastic as well, to see girls being involved <laughs> in all of these kind of ner- nerdy things. Because, yeah, all this stuff is for everybody. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, so Hyper League Racing itself, tell me a little bit more about the, the game and the idea of it. Okay, so originally the, um, the, the concept came from um, Natasha and I were mucking about with X-Wing ships um, and we were racing them and stuff. And then um, I also then started looking at ways that I could encourage her to do... Like, uh, Natasha is a pretty gifted mathematician for her age anyway, but she finds maths incredibly boring. So what I wanted to do was get her re-engaged into that. So we started looking at ways that we could incorporate that maths into the game. And then over time, it kind of evolved... <laughs> And then um, some friends of mine got involved with it, and um, we started playtesting it about a year ago. Um, Natasha's been involved in the um, design of characters and also been a phenomenal playtester for it. But essentially, the game is built around the idea of a sector in the universe called Sector 98, where um, things like war and stuff like that are all a distant thing of the past. Um, People entertain themselves by racing spaceships around asteroids, through black holes, um, all sorts of things like that, trying to crash each other into into asteroids, um, only to reset at the last wayscape that they went through. So um, it's inspired quite heavily by cartoon-style racing games that I used to enjoy very much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose Mario Kart and and Crash Crash Bandicoot's Crash Team Racing, I suppose, are two massive examples of that. And yeah, you know, the game has kind of developed. And yeah, the idea is to create a simple mechanic whereby people race each other either against each other or in teams against each other around the course and mayhem ensues. Brilliant. I've seen some of the, the uh, designs for the characters and they're, they're quite spectacular actually, they're really nice designs. Uh, who have you got working on the designs for you as, as well as Natasha? So I've got all of the ideas coming from her. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can, you can tell there's a, perf- <laughs> there's a purple elf queen. I mean, you know, never in my wildest dreams would that have been a design, design thing, but it's just brilliant. You know, when she when, when she came up with it, I was just like, yeah, why not? So it started off with me doing some pencil sketches, which I promise you were no better than stick men and stick girls. And then I sent them off to a wonderful artist um, called Ruth. Ruth has a Facebook page called RK Designs and also Ruth Kitch Artist. Check out both of those. She's a phenomenal anime and manga artist, but I've known her for a long time. So she was happy to do me the... So she's done all the character sketches. She's done all the character art. So that art that you're seeing on the um, on the website and coming out, all of that's her. And then I've got another artist called Paul Chapman, Fragworks Art and Illustration. Uh, I've known Paul for what must be 25 years, and he's a brilliant artist. Does more video game art, but has you know been helping us on this. And so a lot of the layout and a lot of the design work, the logo and stuff like that's all come from Paul. 
So you you were at UK Games Expo recently, uh, demoing yeah. the game. How how well did that go down? Really well, actually. Um, I had no idea what to expect, if I'm honest. When I went to Expo, I mean, Expo is obviously, you know, on the Saturday you've got like twenty two and a half thousand, twenty five thousand people come through the door. You know, I've been there several years before demoing for uh, Steamforge games, so used to the crowds and everything. This is the first time, kind of, with your own project. Um, one of the things which really, uh, which I was most happy with, actually, was we had a lot of parents there with their children, uh, age five, six, seven, you know, and, and upwards. And you know, um, and you had, uh, you know, parents were playing against their children, and you know, were having a great time. That really, when I when I think about the design process of Hyperlink Racing, you know, it's great to see that happen. And yeah, we were busy. <laughs> is is the best way to put it. Yeah, it's great to hear that you had got families and and young children playing because there's nothing better than uh, families sitting around a table playing a competitive game. So now you've you've moved on to Kickstarter. So your campaign's running at yeah. the moment. Um, so just just tell me a little bit more about why you've uh, headed over to Kickstarter and what, what that's going to do to help get the game out there. Sure. So the Kickstarter um, and crowdfunding in general. So in order, we've I've come to a, a point where the game needs to get out there a bit more. And the second, so first, uh, firstly, Kickstarter is a good advertising tool. The other part is that I, in order for us to get the art quality to where we need it to be, and to get the final bunch of graphics done, the rule book formatted, yada yada, all the all all that boring stuff. We need more money. I need to be able to pay, you know, as much as I love Paul, and you know, we've been friends for 25 years. Yeah. Um, you know, he's still a professional artist. And then there's you know there's other design elements which just need to be redone, which need to be done, and all of that costs money. And so therefore, the idea of Kickstarter is to generate um, that money to get all of that finished, and then get it into production and get it out there. So the pledges that you've got on there at the moment are sure. kind of just there's one for retailers, um, which you've got mm. to kind of help you get the, the game out there for the masses, uh, and then your top yeah. tier one is your pledges of uh, forty five pounds or more. What what do people get yeah. for that forty five pounds? So they get the full core core box. Um, so the core box has everything you need in it to play Hyper League Racing. Um, you get a two by two fold um, trifold board. You get um, all the punch card tokens that you need, measurement tools. You get a rule book and you get the campaign book as well. Um, so the campaign's massive. So you get those two. And you also get four resin ships with their bases, eight out-of-the-box characters, which are, the, are what we were talking about a little while ago, called the All-Stars. And those character cards are on are A5 size in, in quite high-quality high cardboard. Um, I was recently speaking to a guy called Rob who does, um, who's been doing some judging for UK Expo the last few years. And um, you know he was incredibly complimentary about the quality of the of the prototypes, you know, which which was great, you know, to get um, such positive feedback. But the um yeah the the reason why they are at A5 is that when we were playing, we started off with kind of your classic poker card, um, it's sort of size of Pokemon card, Magic the Gathering card, and we didn't, it just didn't feel right. And the more that we evolved it, the larger the card became until eventually it ended up at an A5 size, and everybody that's used the A5 cards is actually like, yeah, actually this is great, because you can put your count, you can put your, um, like, you know, if you increase your speed, you can put a green boost token on top of the little um, green arrow that's above the speed to show that you've gone faster, and stuff like that, and actually it becomes an interactive resource, as opposed to something that just sits there to be read, which is great. 
it sounds phenomenal value. I'm just wondering if there's going to be fights over who gets the, the wonderful starship with the heart on the front, because uh, that's my favourite. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you're pleased to know that, that those four resin ships, that, um, that, that, that one is in there, is in the core set. Um, so, yeah, that's the Namari, the, the Namari ship in there. You've also got the Raptor, which is the skeletal kind of raven, skulled, um, sleek-looking ship. Yeah. Um, you've also got the Technos Nebula one, which is um, like a like a bolt almost with like an internal internal engine, which is pretty cool. And yeah, and then you've got the um, oh my god, is I only designed the thing. Yeah, I think you got the other one. Well, the um, the, the ship. So kind of fine, that's it. Yeah, which is like a more organic kind of bio-organic ship, um, which is which is which is quite interesting to play around with, actually. Um, but the um, the four resin ships will actually come coloured. Oh right, in coloured yeah. resin. Wow. So, so we um we we talked about you know I'm lucky enough to have um to have people like Mark Rapson from Wordforge Games as a close friend. Um and although Wordforge aren't involved in the project per se, he's been a, a wonderful mentor in terms of games design and stuff like that. And also Scott Young from Young's Hobbies, you know, is also you know is also a close friend. So between the two of those guys, you know, I've got a lot of, I've had a lot of, um, I've had a lot of help and a lot of mentoring, which has been fabulous. Well, we'll obviously be posting the link to the actual Kickstarter page, but people will be able to find right. it quite simply by looking for Hyperloop Racing. Uh, yeah. If people search for Hyperloop Racing in Kickstarter, mm. you'll get taken to the project. And there's a wonderful video uh, that introduces the project with uh, a really <laughs> fantastic presenter. Uh, who unfortunately is joined by some other person who's just not some quite up to the job. Yeah, fluffing around. It's a wonderful, wonderful campaign video. It's brilliant. Um, but if people want to follow you and find out more about all the other stuff that Mad Dad Gaming's doing, where can people find you online? Yeah, so um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Mad Dad Andy T. We'll, we'll find you by just putting at Mad Dad Andy T. No problem. The website, um, www.maddadgames.com. Uh, on there, is a free print and play version of the game um, and all the all-star cards so if you want to print and play if you want to print it out at home give it a go go nuts so what's your plans post kickstarter well the post kickstarter plan is if we get to where we need to get to then you know we'll be going to robert Sports with the completed artwork as soon as that's done paul is already working on things at the moment once we get to the end of the campaign, Paul will step up and finish off the last elements. We anticipate that that will take probably two, uh, eight to 12 weeks to get that finished. Once that's finished, it'll go to Robert Dice Sports, um, who will then make all the cardboard components um, for the game. The ship's already queued up with Wordforge Games to make the resin and the bases, so that's all kind of ready to go. In, t in terms of um, the next step is purely just putting it together and getting it out there. Well, best of luck with the campaign. Uh, it's a great Thank looking product, much. great looking game. Uh, I love Thank the fact that it's, it's a game designed for everybody and all ages and people can get involved. Uh, we, need yeah. a lot, we, not, we need a lot more of, more of those kind of games where everybody can just play. Uh, looks fantastic. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Andy, for, uh, for taking the time out to talk no to problem. us. It's been a pleasure. And like I said, the best of luck with the campaign and everything else that uh, Mad Dad Games gets involved in. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Keith, items. You, you, you haven't bought your new identity shiny thing in yet. So no, I haven't bought my musical instrument with me. I will just do... Woo! Oh, yeah, no. 
let's just leave it. That's a top tumps. Woo, we're about to play a round of top tumps. Woo, uh, awesome animals edition. All right, so these were another purchase from Dudley's a while ago. Therefore, wonderful Mr. Animal Crowley's waiting for you up here. It sounds like you wouldn't pay more attention to the top tumps than this waiting for you. It was on the way out. There's a big display, and they said that these are Dudley's. This is what happens when you exit through the gift shop. You get to your car, and you're like, "What is all this stuff in my hands?" When uh, when we went to Aunt Towers, they had like Wicker Man ones at Aunt Towers, and like a Wicker Man Monopoly. But like, it's just a one minute ride. Why is there a Monopoly? In Wicker Man top trumps. I would buy a set of. Only if it was a 1970s film yeah. edition, though. Oh, Christopher Lee top trump. It'd just be yeah. the top trump of all top trumps. Anyway, cracking on. Uh, Keith starts off. Uh, okay, in that case, then I'm going to go Ooh, with the Keith. only card that I've got any chance of winning anything off: uh, the Fennec Fox, uh, with a cuteness rating. And if anybody can quantify how this rating has been achieved, uh, 95. Oh, that's a very cute little animal. Uh, oh, it's a bit ears. It's got such big ears. Cool. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to burn a card because I can't beat that. So I'm going to go with the Komodo Dragon, which has a cuteness rating of four. <laughs> Guy. Um, I, I, I like Keith lots, so I'm going to let him win. Um, ostrich, cuteness, 23. Uh, I have a Hen Harrier, which is an endangered bird of prey, which lives on moorland. But apparently that's got a cuteness of 60. Uh, a vicious predator who rips apart let's, from let's small animals. And it looks like just like... A triangle. I think that's going to typo there. Alright, Keith, you win that round. Yeah, yeah, Phil, pick the next category. Oh, okay. Your Doctor Who quiz on Chamber of Wolves. I'm going to go with the the mighty Atlantic Puffin, which has a mischief rating of 43. Interesting. Guy? Uh, Harbour Seal. Mm -hmm. Look at his eyes. Um, he, uh, mischief 88. That's naughty. Keith? Naughty, naughty, very naughty. I like the way we're all going with statistics that can't be proven. Uh, <laughs> I've got, I'm picking the marine iguana who's got a mischief rating of 33. I have the most mischievous item, uh, animal of all time, apparently, which is the giant Pacific octopus. With a mischief <laughs> rating. <That's> scamp. <laughs> with a mischief rating of 99. How does that wow. work out? He's under the sea. Who's he causing mischief to? Does he just like blurt out ink and then be like, they're two extremely intelligent interaction with staff and mastering tricky puzzles, and they can hide as well with a camouflage. Now I'm imagining an octopus doing a Sudoku with one of its many tentacles. <laughs> and as the Earth is com mostly composed of water, he's got more, more space and more creatures to mischief with. Plankton, all that kind of krill. It's thousands, millions. Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman, Nemo. This is a guy. Pick the final category, please. Uh, I got an A. Uh, why? One eighty-one. Which ape? There's quite a few species of ape. Me. Um, <laughs> West Lowland gorilla. Big one. Yes. And wait, weight of what? One eighty-one. It's a big lad. <laughs> An absolute <laughs> unit. <laughs> <laughs> Size of that gorilla. <laughs> Keith. Anybody know where the tubby lad is? <laughs> I've got Rothschild's giraffe. So either this giraffe is minted. <laughs> or uh, something. It's um, actually from Baron Rothschild, which we learned about at Dudley Zoo, actually. Again, uh, yeah. Rothschild giraffe. You were there for mate's wedding, not to learn. I don't remember, but I did see they had a, f a fun little house, yes. and they've got these massive windows that they can stick their necks out of. Yeah. Uh, Imagine the world's biggest stable, basically. So you you thought your gorilla was a massive unit. This 
giraffe is an even bigger unit. His uh, weight is twelve hundred. What's the speed of a giraffe? Because until a few weeks ago, I've never seen a giraffe run. They can leg it. They can actually leg it. This is uh, this on on this card with a statistic that is provable. uh, Over its mischief and cuteness, it says fifty six kilometers per hour. That's one shifting massive unit. Phil. I have a peregrine falcon with a weight of 1.5 kilograms. <laughs> Hang on, am I winning still? No! <laughs> my giraffe. giraffe's like five times as heavy as your oh, gorilla. I got distracted by the thing on the telly. Well, a gorilla riding a giraffe would be an interesting way to go into oh. battle. I have a Humboldt penguin, which only keeps That's us evading as well. Let's, let's see it, let's see it. It is cute, it is a cute little penguin. But its my weight is only a miserable 5.9 kilos. My pecking is cute. <sighs> Two so wins? Two points for Keith, one point for me, nothing for Phil and Guy. I blame the animals. Right, so Turn them all into burgers. We'll quickly run through the other cards. So we have cuteness rating of 87, the red panda. That is a lie. It is a cuteness of 100. Can we, can we do higher or lower on the next animal yeah. compared to cuteness? Right. Higher or lower? Black rhino. Lower. lower. Cuteness of 5. Which is a lie. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're cuter than that. We've seen this. Yeah. Um, higher or lower? Caracal. Higher. What's it, what is that? Yeah, what is that? I don't even know what it is, but it's got to be higher than the black Caracal rhino. is a gat. It's oh, higher. 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 It's a cuteness of 90. <laughs> Show me. No. Ryan, you moved that so fast I couldn't see it. It was blur. <laughs> it's the one actually on the back of the cards if you've been paying attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. It's obviously something that's happened. This is a higher or lower. This is going to be a tough one. Giant panda. Lower. Ooh. It's like, it's like, oh no, it's, it's going like, to be higher, isn't it's like, it? Are you a cat person or a dog person? Are you a cat person or a panda person? No, it's going to be higher. It's going to be higher. Lower. 89. Oh. What? Point down. It's cute, but it's lazy, that's why. Uh, just to start off with the very start of the alphabet, higher or lower? Aardvark. Lower. lower. Otis. Uh, cuteness of 15, not surprising. That's pretty high, actually. Um, I don't even need to give you any more than the name. Snow Leopard. Higher. higher. 80. Sand tiger shark. Lower. Lower. 28. So it's cute than a rhino. Eight looking weird. We have we killed on that Bruce Forsyth show. Yeah. Yeah. The chillest animal in the world. The capybara. Higher. Higher. 80. Yeah. Yeah. Sumatran tiger. Ooh, higher. But not by much. Lower. Oh. Really? 55. Is that what? Cause, is that because it's less cute and more magnificently yes. ferociously handsome? The mischief of 90. I dispute that uh, cuteness. I love the idea of a, a Sumatron tiger being mischievous. Like, it tries to play a prank but accidentally kills you. Is there <laughs> any, you not see the jungle book. Is there any, you know, it goes, Plinkaboo, guess who? But it, it just accidentally gouges your eyes out. I'm going to go on the Twitter feed for Top Trumps and strongly dispute right. that cuteness rating. Higher or lower, an Okapi. What Ooh, is that? Over the I'm tiger? I'll show you a picture. Yeah, uh, higher. Okapi. Higher. It's like that's like a, a zebra donkey. Sixty-eight. That was higher, wasn't it? Honey badger. Honey badger don't care. Ah, uh, higher. Ooh, I'm gonna say lower. Forty-five. Uh, cheetah. Higher. higher. Twenty-five. What? What? They don't like the big cats. Right, meerkats. Higher. higher. Eighty-eight. Yeah. Red kangaroo. Lower. Thirty-four. Saltwater crocodile. Lower. Ooh. Higher. Eight. Okay. Black Mambo. With a really <laughs> cute picture, actually. 
like still. Oh, oh my god, he looks like he's. It's la- gotta be higher than that. He looks like he's laughing at his own joke. <laughs> Two. What? Oh, this film. And last two cards. Sea Snake. Doesn't look the same. Higher, higher than a two. Four. Okay. Memphis is striking. I'm gonna say higher for whatever this next one is anyway. Pygmy hippopotamus. <laughs> higher. <laughs> a cuteness of eighty. And that is all the top ones we have. Thought we'd cover a bit of our own childhoods here. Some of our favourite things from when we were little children. So to start us off, Phil, my horror books were one of your favourites. I was obsessed. And they were, what the great thing about point horror books when I was growing up is you could always find them in charity shops and at car boot sales. It was always that and then a really tattered copy of The Tommyknockers by Stephen King. Because that was the one book that no one ever wanted by him. Um, and so I ended up with just shelf after shelf of these tatty paperbacks and uh, yeah they were just absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. I mean Phil and I mentioned it again like all the tall book titles are coming back to me like I'm actually like looking at some of the uh, images of these because my sister used to be more time Funhouse oh my god yeah even the cover of that one used to scare me it's like a haunted house The Cheerleader yeah The Witness the lifeguard. Oh, and I mean, the, the lifeguard is like, he's a hot guy at the beach, but is he going to kill you? I want to read one. in that kind of like scraggy text as well. It was like kind of like. It was so schlocky, but yeah. just so, so good. The dead girlfriend. Beach house. Oh, call yeah. waiting. April 4th. Call waiting was. I, 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 <laughs> call waiting. I can still remember that one. That was really scary. The watcher. Yes, April Fools. That you can tell what that one is. That's somebody in a house on April Fools' Day, and like the phone rings and nobody else is there. It's, oh, I like. Oh no, I think it's like last April Fools. We played a prank on a girl, and then she died, and now she's back for revenge. Wasn't that just I know what you did last summer? That's basically fifty percent of all teen <laughs> slashes. Can you just get on on board with it, please? I like I like this one here. The accident. And the tagline: She has returned from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> she has returned from the shop. <laughs> I've got to admit though I have never heard or seen or read any one of these books I mean R.L. Stein I knew him more for like as I said the Goosebumps and Fear Street yeah. yeah it's kind of like he is but Point Horror was the like the ultimate kids horror author Point Horror was like the cool older sibling of Goosebumps, uh, Goosebumps. <gasps> yeah. Freeze Tag <laughs> I read that twice oh my god no the best the most iconic one was Twins not the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh my god, you can get a t-shirt with the Funhouse one on the, fr- on the oh, logo. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about ordering the cheerleader one. No, you can I might buy Funhouse one. <laughs> Help wanted. Skidders. <laughs> Principal Skidders. Seymour! <What>? <laughs> it's just him chasing down children. Am <laughs> I the slasher? Uh, yeah, no, when he, when he catches up, we lost some steamed hands. <laughs> it, am I the villain? No, it is the children who are wrong. And then you had the babysitter, the yeah. babysitter two, the babysitter three, the babysitter four. Like at some point, you would just stop agreeing to look after people's kids. Demon two, electric boogaloo. Mirror, 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 mirror on the wall. Who's the deadliest one of all? But uh, it was one of those things that when you were a kid, is Scholastic Fall Day. Uh, oh my god, school book fair like, day was fair Christmas day was for me. The best day oh ever. My god, do you remember this one? Oh, like Shredder on the, the fever. Front. Oh my god, that was really scary. <laughs> it was so scary because it was her best friend all along. And the fog, the fog. Evil, evil everywhere. No, I think that's something else. I mean, The Fog was a very well known Peter Benchley horror movie, so I'm hoping it's not the same one just repackaged for kids. I think The Fog is a generic enough title they got away with. Yeah. It. Is that one even real? 
No. Let's see. Mutant, <laughs> Mutant point horror. Hairraiser. I mean, that, that cover art is something else. Do you think this is one the snowman is the basis for that Fassbender film that came out recently? <laughs> Wasn't there the other one where you had Jack Frost and it was like the snowman? Uh, it was like a reincarnated serial killer, but in a snowman's body. No, that was Jack Frost and it was Michael Keaton yeah. trying, no, to, was re- trying to reconnect yeah, with his was, son. There were two was, films yeah. released in the same year called Jack Frost. One was the Michael Keaton happy movie and one was a serial killer coming back as a snowman. Could you imagine if you'd taken your kids to see the wrong one? Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between Point Horror and Point Horror Unleashed? <gasps> oh, I don't know. I think maybe like there was like one one f-bomb per novel in unleashed or like <laughs> it's like your maybe it was a bit more like graphic it, with the description the, of you know the girls the 12, getting stabbed the 12a maybe there was even some bra action in there there was um there was an like an action series as well which was just called point because oh my one, god point oh. one one six is down point was like i remember reading one a point novel called flash fire <laughs> and it was like a young adult novel about um, a, a kid who gets like lost in the LA woods oh. during a flash fire. This is your thing, people going on. Then about. there was Point Crime. Oh my god, in Point yeah. Crime, deadly music. There was a killer, a serial killer in the orchestra. I, it's all coming back to me now. But this, this is your thing, people pretend like young actions just hit new genre. It's been around for years. I mean, oh yeah, like the Hunger Games did not invent, invent young adult fiction. Like we have been yeah. reading derivative schlock. For time in memoriam. Well, to me, one of my fondest childhood memories is the Red Wall series, which I think we'll cover in a future episode. Oh, my because goodness. Because that is some of the greatest fiction I've ever written. Was, I only ever read, like, the first few, but oh, oh it was so good. Red Wall? It's basically these mice living in an abbey, and then there's, like, an evil rat trying to get them. I and you said the Red Shoe Diaries. I'm thinking, I... like, that's, ta- that's taken a weird no. turn. <laughs> and it took me a while to... to... Figure out because I read it when I was very young that Clooney the rat was not George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> it was, imagine it's a bit like um, a bit like the Deptford mice. Or that I was going to say it's a bit like what's it the rabbit movie? But Watership Scars. Down. Watership Down, but yeah. with mice kind of stories I, kind of tale. I feel it because Keith hasn't read one of these books that we should try and acquire one <gasps> and do a dramatic read reading. Yeah, get him to read it. I'm, I'm shocked that this series was still running in 2014. You joke? What? No way. Yeah, no. it's still going. I'll, I'll twi- so here are the 2013 titles and actually they've updated the action one is called Defriended <laughs> and the other one is called oh my god okay, then, there's, then there's Identity Theft and then ah. in, in 2014 Wikipedia ah. <laughs> and the last one is just called Followers <laughs> I mean that's you <laughs> this, this your secret career film I cannot understand how I have never ever heard of this series because there's hundreds and hundreds of books, and they that oh, they printed uh, print uh, horror charity shops around the world from 1988 till 2014, at least three books a year, at the least. They but were like the sort of Sweet Valley High Babysitters Club, like they had just so many writers working on them, churning them out like pro- just just products. They weren't even you know seen as literature. Mm-hmm. But oh my god, yeah, such good memories. Ryan, you had something else nostalgic in the house that Viv is reading. Do, do you want to come over and tell the audience what you are reading, honey? She's got the biggest child, childlike grin on her face you know right what now. This she is? looks an absolute glee. Viv and I were watching Ashen's summer special video, which he's done an hour and a half, all about Lookin' magazine, which is one of his favourite magazines from a child, which was basically the child's version of TV Times, which ran between 1974, 75, all the way through to 91. And it was pretty much everything to do with, like, teenagers at the time. Take my seat, Viv. And Viv has 
inspired Viv to get another magazine from her childhood, which was one of her favourites. I, I think I've heard of this. Was this purchased or this is actual... This is eBay purchased. This was eBay purchased because of reading Looking Magazine, not watching the Looking Magazine. Can we guess the cost afterwards? Like the Viv pays, not how much it was back in the day. So I think we should compare the cost of how it was back in the day to how it is now. Excuse me, I don't actually know how much this cost back in the day. Um, basically, it's uh, a comic book, which I used to read when I was about seven or eight years old. And um, older listeners might remember it. It's called Bunty. And basically, every week you have a different... <laughs> <laughs> I did read Bunty. I also read Bella. I, I love the description of it. It's not a comic book. It is a picture library for girls. <laughs> So basically, it's um, just a single story, and it's um, it's just illustrated, and then you buy it every week. So it's from the Judy Library, which is my favourite thing. It, 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 it was the it was the girls' equivalent of Commando. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like this is this was your weekly periodical, basically, and you said it was a self-contained story every week, but it's got some really good art for the age of it. Yeah, like the drawings are actually really good. I feel like everybody in there should be starting every sentence with the word G. <laughs> a bit like Archie comics. It does feel a bit Beatrix Pottery. Yeah, there's Jughead in it. No, unfortunately not. Right, shall we talk about the ne- what issue is it that you have picked up, honey? Well, it's issue number 315, and um, the story is called Rosie's Rainbow. <laughs> now, I personally don't remember reading this. But I think I was just taken by the fact that on the front cover there's a a drawing of a, a young girl and she's... Um, it looks like Jenny from The Vinyl Frontier. She's sitting in front of a sewing machine and she looks Jenny very Taylor. perturbed. <laughs> so is, I think, is Rosie trying to start her own small business? Well, the, uh, the blurb on the front is... Young Rosie Rayner was determined to make the Rainbow Boutique a great success. Oh my god, that's why she's called uh, the Blue Rainbow. But Rosie soon discovered the search for success brought her plenty of problems and lots of hard work. I love their alliteration with this, don't they? Rosie's Rosie Rainbow oh, with her Rainbow Magazine. It's one of those, um, it's, one, it's, it's very much like Archie comics. It's one of those things where every character has an alliterative name, like Archie Andrews and uh, Rosie Rayner, Jughead Jones. Right, I'm getting spooked now because the TV's just come up with a Goosebumps trailer as we talking about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so how much was it back in the day? Um, I don't actually know because it, there's a sticker over the price on the front cover. In, in the back cover there's the, an advertisement for the next edition and it's about 30 pence. Okay, so let's, let's all put our bids in how much we think they've paid for it. Oh, see, it's nostalgia appeal, so it could it could be anything. Well, um, some of these were quite pricey, I've got to say. I'm going to say £12.99. I'm going to say, including package, including postage, although I hope that you got free postage, I'm going to say £9. Keith? I'm going to say it was about a fiver. Right, I'm keeping out of this <coughs> as a bet for you. Um, it's actually less. I think I bid one pound and five p on it, exclusive of postage and packing. That's and how much? Right. Yeah. yeah. And how much was the postage packing? Um, I think it was something like one pound fifty. Oh, I feel like. Well, it's like a really thin book. So, and what it is, it's paper. It's it's going to be first class post, really. But mm-hmm. I 
think like for, for sheer nostalgia appeal and just sort of sitting and, and reading that, you know, sort of with a smile on your face for half an hour, I think that's worth a couple of quid. My, my favourite is the follow-up story on the rear, which is the four Marys. Possibly they might walk into a bank. <laughs> and rob it. <laughs> there, yeah. there is some quality. I do like the fact that the, the, the front cover illustration, it does look like it's kind of early 80s. She's got a very early 80s vibe to well, it. There's no real date on this for age, so it's Bunty issue 315 if anybody wants to pick up their own custom copy on eBay. Right, we're scrapping weird news for a week. Because things, the three ha- of, things happened the, and they the were th- weird. The three of you made fun of this feature while I was away. Don't pretend I don't listen. Right, okay, we're in the agreement that the stories were rubbish. You, you gave. They were pretty rubbish. laughed hard at all three stories. I, I think we laughed all hard at you, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just uh, interested to hear what's rustling in your lap there, Ryan. <laughs> Right. Now, bear in mind, I've got a dodgy stomach. It's a worrying sound to come from any area like that. We've got a bit of a heat wave. I thought I'd get something frozen for you. Now, you have a choice of colours. You have brown, blue. (laughs) That's not a good start. Red or green? Uh, Red. Red for you. Phil? Red seems safe. Um. (laughs) Brown. (laughs) Blue? Blue. Keith? Of course I'm going to go brown, aren't I? <laughs> I've Green. seen... I've seen... Um, Blue. What are these? Are these, are these just like popsicles? Brown. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, okay, I'm alright with this. Yeah. Right. Phil, exp- explain this to our audience. Uh, this is a... <laughs> just looks like such... It looks like something else. Uh, it's an ice bone by Slush Puppy. So it's uh, it's just a piece of flavoured ice shaped in, like a bone. Can I, can I just add, um, my friends recently went away on holiday and they brought everybody back broth, but they brought me back a giant lollipop in the shape, shape of a, a, me- a member. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so these are made with genuine Slush Puppy flavouring. And they are genuine vegetarian, and they are slush puppy, the original since 1970. I didn't realise they've been going. I don't know if you're the only. You need a pair of scissors to be able to. um, I've got scissors. Okay, prepare. Phil, you've got yours upside down. Ah, okay. I thought this was like a big ice log that you had to. uh, I thought it was just like a lollipop. Yeah. I thought I put the stick of it on the end right. of it. I saw these in our local corner shop yesterday and I thought, these these are due for use for the fridge. And like I said, it's not a hot day, so I thought it's cold on my hands. This would be good for it. Let's probably put it keep it in the packet. Okay, let's uh, let's I've got to have a look at the instructions about where I'm supposed to put it. So I'm having my green flavoured one now. Which Probably is lime. Oh, okay. Surprisingly. It does bubble out a little bit as you first open it. <laughs> and the same. But they are quite curiously shaped. Oh, mine is, um... I think it's that most 90s of all flavours, bubblegum. Mm-hmm. 
Pete, have your um, cola, I'm assuming. Um, it's okay. And Guy, what flavour have you got? Oh, I think it's strawberry. It's very cheap at NASA, though. Yeah. It's made from slush puppies. It's basically a pandacot on a bone. Yeah. So It's going to take a while to eat it. I think everybody remembers as a child what they used to do was get the little carton of beverage and shove it in the freezer and make yourself a giant frozen beverage for the rest of the year. So yeah. I can't walk so down the street eating this. Because they're going to think I'm up to something dodgy. What's dodgy than normal? <laughs> it's basically, it's a frozen slush puppy in the shape of a bone. But I think it's quite nice. It's all nice, refreshing, relaxing. You're ending your show on, on people just making slurping sounds. I think, you know. It's going to take a long time to finish it off. I mean, it's not the most dignified of things to be eating. I mean, I've been lower. <laughs> You've got blue teeth. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on the Geeky Room Show this week. Keith, we're not slurping on your bone. Can you tell us, can you tell us where you are in the week? Uh, I'm be keeping up with yoga classes so I can continue to slurp my own bone. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on uh, hardluckhotel underscore... No. Hardluck underscore hotel on Twitter. So I'll be that the underscore everywhere else. Phil, when you're blueing yourself, <laughs> do, you, do, you want, do you want to tell us where you are online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. Look for the man with the ginger beard and the tit as blue as my teeth. Mm-hmm. Guy, when you're not slurping on your big pink one, you want to tell us where you are in the week? That's true, Brian. Uh, I do apologise for the random background noises. It sounds like a ch- child is singing. Don't worry. After that show, that child will be told they can't sing. Yes, Alan. <laughs> uh, I'm online somewhere. Guy underscore Halford. And what's your Instagram with all your expensive records that you miss? I am. A vinyl guy mode. Mm. I'm going to finish my big green one. Uh, but you can find me at Ryan Parrish on my personal Twitter. I'm and you can find me at Rummy Gorman for slightly better food than what you're consuming now. And don't forget, you can find us all. No, oh, mentioning, of course, Mr. Frog Croak and Alan Dennis. But the other two are not joining us this week. But you can find us all at Geeky Bromley on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and at geekybromley.com. Don't forget to check it out there. But for now, I feel like I'm sucking at a teat. <laughs> <laughs> we will continue to wear and enjoy our bones and say goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you enjoy what we do, then please consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.